News alert millions of American families. Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining us for CBN News Watch. I'm George Thomas. We begin with the latest in the coronavirus pandemic. Number of cases here in the U.S. Welcome to Rise to Liberty Podcast, the best podcast you've never heard of, fighting for free speech and spreading the message of liberty. Find us at risetoliberty.com for everything related to the show, including our merch, social media, episode player, and much more. Risetoliberty.com slash blue dress for a special piece of merchandise that a portion of the proceeds will be donated to savethechildren.org to help fight child trafficking. Thomas Queter is rolling for New York State Senate. The people of District 52 have been used and abused by a bloated and corrupt government. Thomas has been fighting his whole life and is now taking the fight to the ones responsible. Give the people of District 52 a fighting chance and head over to tomfor52.com and leave a donation. Greasy Porcupine's Mobile Auto Repair. Helping the people of Arizona to maintain or repair their vehicles for a reasonable price. Little money, no money. Greasy Porcupines still wants to help. Open Monday through Saturday, 24 hours a day. Just visit greasyporcupines.org or call 602-845-0105. I have a very special guest on the show today. I would classify her as a libertarian warrior queen. She has been involved in more parts of this party than a lot of people who pretend to be involved. She's been over backwards many times in her efforts to make the party and the world a better place. Not only does she talk the talk, but she walks the walk. Ladies and gentlemen, the rightful secretary of the Libertarian National Committee, Karen Ann Harlos. How you doing tonight? Hello. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Just scrambled <laughs> off of work. Yeah, you just got uh, some paralegal work? Yes. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. But I'm still doing all, you know, the Liberty stuff at night, but I do have a day oh, job fun. now. I, I know you were without a job for just a little while. So are you excited to be back? Six months. Yes. Because I, yes, the bills were piling up. Yeah, so yes. I understand. <laughs> I just went through the same thing uh, a couple months ago. Now I've been back for two months. And uh, yeah, it it was getting a little stressful towards the end there. You know, so, well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I usually try to keep up on your videos, you know, trying to do a little bit of everything. It's uh, hard to catch all of them, but I've been loving the car rants. Oh, yeah. Well, and I do a lot of content. I mean, even my husband can't keep up on it all. He tries to watch it, and he's just like, how many videos are you doing, or how long are they? Like, he sees the three-hour <laughs> ones, and he's like, nah. I'm not going to talk about New Hampshire or Delaware bylaws for three hours. I'm you know, sorry. One thing that you've been doing that I've really enjoyed, uh, because I've only become recently uh, like 
actually active in the party within the past year or so, a uh, little bit longer than a year, but about that, has been all of the, the convention training or any of the uh, lessons on the bylaws, um, Robert's rules, anything like that. I, I've absolutely loved that content. So thank you for that. And I'm. Uh, thank you. And a lot of people don't know also behind the scenes, I do a lot of that um, for any group. Um, I do the Robert stuff. Uh, mostly the people that have been asking have been people, you know, that are in my friend circle. But any group, I, I don't like only offer to people I ideologically agree with because I think everybody benefits from everyone being really good at the rules. So it wouldn't matter like who asked. I'll do training for anybody. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, it, it's been something I've noticed. Maybe it's a party wide thing. I'm pretty sure it is that it's kind of a fly by the seat of your pants, you know? There's not a whole lot of uh, this is how you do it. It's more of just go and do it kind of a thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, you know, and there's a certain charm to that. But there's a point also where you got to kind of learn some of the stuff. Well, I mean, too. trying to run a campaign or anything um, seems kind of uh, not like the right approach to take to just kind of fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, I guess let's get right into it. So, um how have you been dealing with the uh, uh, judicial committee's decision? Uh, okay. I mean, I'm not going to say well because it was awful. But okay because, you know, what can you do? And in a way, it's been – okay – you probably know this from everybody, but not everybody knows this. I'm like a really religious person. A lot of people don't know that because I'm kind of like the John the Baptist type of religious person, rough around the edges, yep. you know, eating locusts and wearing hair. But uh, <laughs> I have to see it as part of a larger plan and as a blessing in disguise. And I already know some ways it's been a real blessing in disguise. And one is that a lot of affiliates are in trouble right now. Some that everyone knows about, some that people don't know about. It's still behind the scenes. And I, they've been coming to me for help. And I couldn't help them if I was still the national secretary, because that really would have been crossing the line into interfering in the autonomy of an affiliate. So it's freed me up to do more intraparty dispute type stuff where if I think someone's right, I want to help them. And it, the funny thing is each time now, the two, like when there's been a couple groups going at it in state parties, it's been the people that I didn't know before the dispute that I end up helping. And the people on the other side are old friends of mine. But in a way, again, that's also been a blessing because it's shown me that, you know, I don't discriminate based upon friendship. Who's right is who's right. And that even started with New Hampshire. I was good friends with Jaletta Jarvis. I didn't know anybody else, but she was wrong. You know, she was wrong. That's just, that's just what happens. And another blessing is a lot of us, all of us, in some ways, walk in a lot of fear in our life because we have certain things that we've gathered to ourselves which are important to us. And you live in fear of losing certain things. But when you've lost something very dear and precious to you, you become then a person with nothing to lose and much more dangerous for liberty. So I'm not going to lie. It was It's huge. I worked so hard for that position and I did a damn good job. 
to have something that I worked for yanked away from me from people with no principle was not an easy pill to swallow. But when one of the worst things that can happen finally happens, all of a sudden you realize you're a lot stronger than you thought you were. And very little intimidates me now. Because when those motions first started coming, I was devastated. I was absolutely wrecked. But it's made me a stronger person. Because I faced something and I also faced a test of integrity. Because if I had groveled, I could have kept my position. If I had backed down and apologized, even though I wasn't wrong, I could have kept my position. And I refused to do that. So, you know, everyone can say they have principles and integrity until they have to pay a real price for them. And that's when the real test comes. And nobody knows how they're going to react until the test comes. So I'm very grateful and consider it a blessing that I passed the test. Well, I've, I've got to say I highly respect you um, with how everything played out so far. Because I've, I've seen a lot of uh, party members, you know, the, the, the more well-known people, not just as uh, you know, county members or whatever, is the the ones out in public that have definitely gone against principle and being a member of the party of principle, it, you know, yeah, party yeah, of principle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the right uh, now, um, the subjective principle. You know, it's because you know. Hopefully, principles coming back in Reno because right now we do not live up to That's that true. name at all. I a hundred percent agree. Um, so, a, a lot of my listeners are actually not libertarian. Uh, could you give them a, a quick rundown of exactly what happened, like what we're talking about, to give them a little context? Sure. Uh, the the shortest version. Let me think. Well, a lot of people relate it all to New Hampshire, but New Hampshire was actually the tail end. First of all, at the 2020 convention, there was a huge controversy as to whether or not we should have an in-person convention or bow to the COVID regime. And I, from day one, refused to bow to the COVID regime and made a lot of enemies for insisting that our bylaws did not allow a virtual convention without explicit approval from the delegates at a real convention. So, when I got elected secretary, that was re-elected secretary, actually. There was a lot of people who didn't like that. And I didn't know until all the evidence came in that there were people on the LNC from the moment I got elected that were plotting to remove me. That right there should just offend everybody, okay? But there was, so there was a plot going on for a year and three, four months. And then in December, because I kept riding their tail and riding their tail going, it's a dereliction of duty that we are not speaking out on COVID. Like all of these human rights violations are going on. And the National Party, not the state party, some state parties were fantastic. The National Party was functionally silent. And when I go, you're silent, this is what they do. We, we tweeted once, kiss my ass. Oh, sorry, am I allowed to cast oh, yeah. on your let show? It, let it fly. <laughs> Let it fly. Okay, because <laughs> it'd be very hard for me. So it's like, kiss my ass. That's not saying something, okay? That's just not. So finally in December, it came to a head where I brought forth a proposal that they rejected, saying it wasn't our lane, for one thing, and that this whole thing is over. We don't need to address it. This is December uh, of last year, okay? And I'm like, we ought to just dissolve the party right now. 
I go, if we cannot speak against this, we, we should just disband because there's no purpose in our existence. And they were just getting madder at me and madder at me. Um, and then New Hampshire happened, which was the national chair conspiring with a bunch of people to illegitimately take over a state party and throw out the rightful board. And I uncovered that. And due to my efforts, and to some extent, Joshua, I will give credit wherever credit is due, but I had more free time on my hands. It wasn't that Joshua didn't have the will. He's got like a million and one kids right now. So, uh, you know, I exposed everything that happened in New Hampshire, which caused the national chair to have to resign in disgrace. And immediately that same day he resigned, they try to remove me. And now they're, and they're trying to claim it wasn't in retaliation. It was absolutely in retaliation, but it was in retaliation for both things for me, exposing their COVID hypocrisy and exposing the New Hampshire thing to the membership. See, because the LNC believes in protecting itself at all costs. You handle our dirty laundry in secret. I don't believe in that. I believe the members have a right to know. I don't represent the other part, the LNC members. I represent the delegates that elected me. And I ran on a whistleblower platform. It's funny thing is what I got removed for was keeping a campaign promise. Those 11 corrupt LNC members totally went over the will of the delegates. And shame on them absolutely shame on them now there are um five six uh, some are all you have to add in alternates there are a core group of very good lnc members but they're not in the majority they're not in the majority they're 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 in the minority so yeah that's basically i was removed for criticizing the lnc because apparently i'm not allowed to do that um and they considered those words to be a violation of the non-aggression principle. My harsh criticism is they said was, was basically violence um, and whistleblowing. Uh, and some of the statements I'd said to them that they got really, really butthurt about was that they have spent more time on dealing with me by a factor of 100 than they ever spent on COVID. And it was ridiculous. And that's why the best email the LNC got during this whole turmoil was, if only you hated the state as much as you hate your secretary. And that was like mic drop time because it is so true. They're more concerned about their feelings. And what was I saying on my YouTube channel? They just could not take criticism. Anyone who can't take criticism should never be in a public facing position. You think I like half the stuff that's said about me? No, but I signed up for this. If I don't want to see it, it's like I told Laura Epke, change the channel, Senator, if you don't like what you're hearing. What did I do when I don't like what she's saying? I blocked her. And then she got all ass mad because I blocked her. It's like, nobody's forcing you to watch my YouTube channel, people. What are you watching it and getting all upset? That's like the dumbest, most immature thing in the entire world. It was just, it was ridiculous. And the undertone, though, of all of this, which is evident if you look at the folder of evidence against me, and I'm going to start doing... uh, the crimes of Karen Ann Harlow <laughs> series, because I'm going to go over every single piece of evidence and laugh at them. So 
some of my crimes basically boiled down to she's friendly with the Mises caucus and we don't like that. So there also was very much a very factional thing. I wasn't even a member of the Mises caucus at that time. I joined them after I was removed because I was like, am I going to get punished for being a member when I'm not even a member? I might as well be a member. And they had my back. And one of my, you know, everyone has core values and it's different for everybody. It's not right or wrong. It's just different. But one of my core values is loyalty. And they had my back. I will have theirs. I'm an extraordinarily loyal person. So that's why I joined when I was trying my hardest not to be a caucus person. But you couldn't. In this atmosphere in the party today, you kind of have to have a gang because they pick off the Lone Rangers. Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's really interesting. Uh, it's almost like people ask you uh, who you've run with, you know, what what gang you're a part of. And it, it, yeah. it seems pretty toxic. I mean, you know, full uh, disclosure, I'm, I'm Mises. So, you know, Utah Mises right here. So it, it's part of it. Yeah, I love know? I always love the Mises oh, yeah. guys. Um, I wasn't a member before because I didn't like them. I was not a member before because I really feel no. strongly, though right now it's such an extraordinary time that, you know, the rules that go for non-extraordinary times sometimes are not the same. Like the rules for war aren't the same as the rules for peace. And uh, in an ideal, peaceful party, I don't think anyone on the LNC should belong to a caucus. Agreed. I think other members... Members start to feel like you're not representing them. So in an ideal LNC, I wouldn't belong to a caucus. But we're not in that world right now, and I can't pretend like we yeah, are. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I find it interesting. Because, you know, I, I don't hide the fact that I'm Mises, but I don't usually lead with that. You know, that's just not something I do. Um, so I do always love, you know, when I'm reasonable and logical and just kind of fun to be around and everything. And then people find out I'm Mises and then their head kind of explodes a little bit because they have a preconceived notion of what everyone is. And it's like, also the, the work I do is not really pertinent to, you know, the conversations I have with people typically. So it's not that big of a deal. So I do love uh, dispelling some of the myths about Mises just through my behavior. It's ridiculous. It is just, it's absolutely ridiculous and i just have to think not what everybody because there's some people who have just believed lies and for whatever reason they believed it so for those people i'm like if what you believed was true i would hate them too but it's not true but there are other people the people who are starting the lies this is what's really exposing for a long time the certain kind of not all prags are that not all prags okay um, but there's a just like there's a certain type of toxic anarchist, there's a certain type of toxic prag who would always be criticizing anyone who is more radical than they, that you guys just want a debate club, you want to keep us small, whatever, because we wouldn't kiss Bill Weld's ass. But now we're starting to see, because they see the Mises caucus growing the party, and now we see who wants a little social club and who wants us to stay small. It's that group of toxic prags that are making up lies. Not yeah. all prags. Okay, I don't have an issue with prags. I have an issue with the toxic prags, just like I do with the anarchist assholes. And I'm an anarchist <laughs> myself, but I know we've got our own yeah. share of assholes. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it's not really uh, where on the libertarian spectrum you sit that makes you an asshole. It's usually the direction 
and this is what I've noticed personally, uh, feel free to correct me where I, I'm wrong, but it, it definitely seems the intention of where you want to drive the party is usually what makes you an asshole. Um, typically a lot of these people that I don't get along with in, with inside the party, luckily here in Utah, we're not like that over here. You know, uh, we're a smaller state as far as members go, but it's not like, uh, Pennsylvania or uh, some of the other states that have like really big issues with infighting and stuff. So we're really lucky over here. Thank God for that. Um, but it's usually the people that do want to keep us small like that, that are the assholes. And I've met them across all caucuses, non-affiliated, even people that show up to like a meeting once a year. You know, it's, it's not really uh, particularly what you believe in. Yeah. And uh, smaller, like, I don't know, smaller, intense movements tend to attract its share of sociopaths. Um, like, you see them in certain religious movements. I mean, insular groups, there's a certain type of personality that likes to in get in those groups and assume power. They're in it for power. And it's there. It's in all groups. So, you know, it's not unique to the LP. But I like the way the Mises Caucus has exposed that hypocrisy because they are growing the party and they are getting yeah. shit done. Yeah, it, it really impressed me, um, you know, however anybody feels about the people involved with Mises. Um, it really impressed me after uh, Michael Heiss and Dave Smith were on Tim Pool and they pulled in over a thousand members in one night. I was I was blown away by that. I was like, I haven't seen this type of growth in the party in forever. Like, that's why I wasn't involved. It wasn't a lot going on. There was just a bunch of infighting that I saw. And I was like, why would I get involved with that? And I actually became involved because I saw things starting to change. I saw people speak yeah. back against the lack of action for the COVID uh, nonsense. And I was so disappointed when I saw that, when all of this was going on, it's like, it's not our place. What? This is exactly our place. Yeah. The not our lane, by the way, was Laura Epke. That's the one who said that. Because I name names. I don't get... I do not give a shit anymore. No, I don't blame you. You know, I was... I my, my jaw just dropped. And the proposal I brought to them was so tame. Like, it wasn't something wild and crazy. And they couldn't even bring themselves to pass that. They've dropped every major issue they screwed up new hampshire they are screwing up delaware yeah you know and the jc decision was just a complete abomination um vermin supreme is a joke who should never have been on the jc now i don't dislike vermin i like him for what he's good at he is a brilliant political satirist and i will not crap on his work but he does not belong in a serious position but hey Delegates elected him. Shame on the delegates. I can't blame him. Shame on the delegates. You, it, that's not judicial committee material. Mary Ruhr was awesome. D. Frank Robinson was awesome. You know, I'm very disappointed in Chuck Moulton. I don't doubt his ethics, but I do doubt his judgment. His judgment was very poor. Um, and Alicia Matson just took the opportunity to get even with me for beating her by 20 points in 2018. That's exactly yeah, what that was about. Yeah, because that's the appropriate. She still asked that's Matt That's the over appropriate that. reaction, of course. You know, she lied about me in her no. decision. She, Alicia, is fortunate 
that I am an anarchist that does not believe in defamation laws because she defamed me like even to a point where I think it would pass the public figure test because when you're a public figure the bar for defamation is quite high but I don't believe in that I don't believe you own other people's opinions of you so like I absolutely don't think that would be illegal in Libertopia but it's just ridiculous that she had to lie about me and then the reasoning in the JC decision there was a pivotal point you know like in any court case, there's usually a, a logic to it that they say, this is why we decided this way. And the most hypocritical thing of this whole thing that people don't realize is that the LNC rejects the pivotal point upon which the JC rests their decision. So they reject the logic of the JC decision, but still want to accept the outcome. When if they had integrity, they would go, okay, we see what you decided, but we do not agree with that logic. And but for that logic, you would have ordered us to reinstate her. So we're going to reinstate her. But they have no integrity. They have none. Well, in that, I I can't say I'm surprised um, by what's happening. I I would say that I'm, I'm shocked that these people are not only in these positions, but they have stayed in these positions uh, acting this way. But I do want to name some other good names. By all means. Because I always feel bad when I talk about the LNC as a group because there are some good people, but I always am worried I'm going to forget somebody. So let me just rattle off some of the good ones because these people, if they run again, they should be reelected. And that's Stephen Nicola, Joshua Smith, um, Eric Radsepp, um, Rich Bowen, Pat Ford, Alex Flores hasn't had an opportunity to vote on anything, but I think he would vote right if he did. I believe um, he um, would. Ken Molman, oh my God, but I know he's not running again, but oh my God, Ken Molman is fantastic. Um, so I, did, I didn't forget anybody. Not that I can think of. Dustin Nana. Oh. Dustin Nana. Oh my God, Dustin Nana is the GOAT, okay? Now, so... By subtraction, now you know who not to vote for. But any of those people, yep. they should be reelected if they want it. They have really stood up for what's right. And it doesn't mean I agree with them all the time, but they all of them have well, integrity. See, I, I'm not in this party to agree with people 100% of the time. I, I know that. Yeah. Like, I guarantee there's things that we disagree about. But that that that's oh, not I'm the sure. point. You know? I disagree yeah, with myself right? half the time. So. It's not yeah. the point to agree with everybody 100% of the time. And, you know, we're we're going to be discussing these philosophical issues on the way up. The way I see it is that we're not on the way up because of people like this preventing us to actually grow the party, actually get things done, actually grow liberty in this country, which I kind of thought was the whole point. No, it's right now, you know... Right now, the LNC exists to have meetings. That's basically it. And they're not even good at that anymore. They used to at least be good at that. Like, now they're terrible at that. They had a five and a half meeting on Delaware and did nothing. Uh, Honestly, I didn't even pay attention to it just because, like, I heard uh, a little bit of what happened, but I wasn't shocked. So I was just like... I live streamed over it. Because they they silenced public comment, too. They turned off the chat because they do not... Remember... uh, I encourage anyone, if you want to see the epitome of the attitude that I'm fighting against, get your out your latest issue of LP News, if you get it, and read the column from the chair. Just read the first two paragraphs and ask yourself if that's appropriate. 
She's attacking other party members and treating the complaints of members as if they're a, a bother. <laughs> and I'm sorry, it's a privilege to be on the LNC. It's a privilege. You do not treat members as a bother. You answer every single email and you deal with every single complaint. If you can't do that, then don't be in that position. During the whole time of this controversy, there were over 2,000 emails and I answered every single one of them. True. <laughs> the others, a lot of emails. Most of the others, but the members cared enough That's to true. write. You know, it took me a month to answer them. You know, I had to do it when I had time, but I kept them all in my inbox. What most of the others did is they created a filter so that when it came in, it has a certain heading on it when it's a member email. It just went to right to a folder. They never even looked at it. Not all of them, but some of them did that. Wow. You know, at this point... It's disdain. It's like the peasants yeah, and the priests. Why even be in that position other than just to lord this fictional power over people? Like, why why are you in this position if you're not doing anything? Because that is part of it. You've got to talk to the members that right. pay dues, that show up, that actually want to do things. But if you keep writing people off, you're actively shrinking the party. You're not helping anything. They're, they They serve each other and decorum and reputation and you know it's it's again i'm a religious person so i make a lot of biblical analogies it's like when jesus said to the pharisees you tithe your mint and your coming but you neglect the weightier aspects of the law truth and justice and fairness so they're all prim and proper they're all completely decorous but they ignore what they're actually supposed to be doing which is representing the members and fighting for freedom and Right now in the world we're in, it's time for a, a few fucks, shits, and damns, not please and yeah. thank yous. I agree. You know, you know, when the state is unloading a pile of shit in the middle of your living room, you don't politely ask them if you want a glass of water. <laughs> you tell them in no uncertain terms to shovel the yeah. shit out. Hell, I'll, I'll even shovel it if they just get that's out. That's offensive. I'll even shovel it if they just get out. <laughs> you know? But apparently, I'm not allowed to say things like that, no. you see. Well, of course not. And the mean funny words. thing is, if you look at all the charges, I have no charges against me for um, dereliction of my duty as secretary, for non-performance of my duties, or for indecorum in official meetings or emails. It was all my personal life. Fuck <laughs> off. I'm going to say what I want in my personal yeah. life. Exactly. And and they should have the exact same right. Like, what? So yes. they they're they're gonna take that from you, but then they're gonna cry if somebody did that to them. So it's it's insane. And the thing is, I like what um if that interview um from crap crap uh, Dan Smots did with the coup masters in Delaware where um, so Will McVeigh said well we removed Dave Casey because he was an <laughs> asshole and Dan said well was he an asshole when the delegates elected him at convention and Will was like yeah he's like well so they chose to elect an asshole I was a potty mouth fire breather when I was elected the delegates got exactly what yeah. they paid for and most of the people who elected me are damn happy with the job I did I'm, some I'm happy some have buyer's you remorse know. But funny, some of the ones who didn't 
have now become my supporters because they're like, you don't do us dirty like that, you know, with the LNC. But I have kept every campaign promise I've ever made from, I've been on the LNC since 2016. A lot of people forget because those were boring years because we weren't corrupt. (laughs) From 2016 to 2018, like nobody really knew anything about me because I don't live for this shit. I like just doing my history and having my face in books and being, I, I don't like any of this. But I'll do it when I have to. So Dave Casey, the asshole, a fellow asshole, <laughs> another asshole, he was sitting behind me at the LNC meeting um, when I had to confront them. I was watching. And I, the last place I wanted to be in the world was in a room with those people. And when I sat down, the backstory some people don't know, when I sat down, he said to me, are you really cold or are you terrified? Because he could see from behind. I, I, I was holding my laptop, uh-huh. if you remember, but I was going like this and I was clutching it. And I said, I'm terrified. And he's like, what? I go, I don't like confrontation. It makes me sick to my stomach. And sometimes I'll even break out in like um, hives. I don't like it. People think I like it. No, I don't. I prefer not to be confrontational. But it was actually a sermon that taught me the courage to be confrontational when one of my pastors said, the cowardly will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And I sat there and realized, holy fuck, I'm a coward. And from that moment forward, I said, I'm not going to be a coward. When I see something, I need to do something. And that sermon changed my life. It did. Because, but I'm not a confrontational person at all. Because I grew up in a very abusive household where there was a lot of yelling and there was hitting. And it triggers me. Like, People raise their voices and I have flashbacks because I'm very damaged from my childhood. But you you got to move past yeah. that and do what's so right. Le- you're involved in the uh, historical committee, right? Okay, so. Mm-hmm. That's my yes. true love. And I like to bury my head in 1970s <laughs> and leave it there. I don't blame you, especially with the world today. So le- le- let me ask yeah. you, because we, we had just passed the 50th anniversary um, I, I would argue that Utah probably had the coolest party, you know, so just plug, plug there. It was great. Adam Kokesh gave a, yeah, That's Colorado, <laughs> Colorado, but we had David um, Nolan. Yeah. Beat that. Well, but you guys had Carl yes. Bray. Yes, that's true. Um, so seeing all of these, all of these articles that were written, the pamphlets and going through all of this stuff. How do you think that we got to where we are, in your opinion? Uh, I'm thinking, trying. I'm struggling for the right word. I have like the concept, um, complacency. We're not hungry like we used to be. We, or to use my religious terms, we lost the fire of our first love. You know, we're not new converts anymore. There's nothing better than a new convert. They're on fire to change the world. We're not like that. We're middle-aged now as a party, and we're showing it. And that's part of the why the people are finding the Mises caucus so threatening. Because as I said, and I said this actually as a criticism, it's both a criticism and a compliment. Dave Smith asked me, what's your one criticism of the Mises caucus? I said, they're a bunch of young bucks full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> but that's also a compliment. Mm. So they made a t-shirt on the back that says young bucks full of piss and vinegar and <laughs> sent me one. I wear it. Um, but the brashness is also a strength, but it can be a weakness as well. Um, but that's what we need right now. We need to be full of piss and vinegar because the state 
you know, I love what Mary Ruhr had said in my JC opinion. She goes, are you seriously trying to tell us that mean words from the secretary so paralyzed you that you couldn't do any work, yet you expect us to believe you are ready to take on the state who backs up their mean words with actual violence? I mean, Mary Ruhr was... And she's an OG, you know, she's OG I actually made a meme out of that quote. So I thought it was really funny. I'll have to send it to you. I, it's going to be, oh, please <laughs> do. And it's going to be uh, over my, my campaign material will contain it. Oh yeah. You know, because it's true. It's true. This can be a very difficult campaigning season for me because I don't believe in negative campaigning, but it's so hard I'm not going to ever negative campaign against anyone running for secretary against me, but I'm, I have plenty negative to say about some of those other ones because this is the worst LNC in the history of our party. And because I am the unofficial party historian, I think there is a little bit of weight behind my words. And it's not just because of what they did to me. I, I would never say that about a whole group of people just because I was asked mad. Well, it, I'm sure the secrets run deep awful so and i just find it interesting like at this point i mean i this last year has definitely radicalized me more than anything um more well ever ever since the first time i couldn't be radicalized i know right but it happens it happens and then uh you get treated that way and it wasn't the state (laughs) the lnc radicalized imagine that you know creating an even better member (laughs) it's it's interesting here's the thing um i made a joke but like most jokes it has a large grain of truth um and this is also one reason why several of them wanted to remove me because they were so ass mad that i said that the lnc is where radicals go to die because most radicals on the lnc just turn into the biggest politicians like Susan Hogarth is one of the founders of the Radical Caucus. Go look at her votes. It's indistinguishable from your garden variety prag. Same thing with Richard Longstreth. Both of them were so ass mad that I, that I was challenging them, saying the LNC's where radicals go to die. And one reason why they couldn't have me around, because I have never become a politician. I managed to not die somehow. And that's just by the grace of God. I'm not better than other people. So... You know, I managed to be there over five years and just never become a politician. But 95% of the people who come on the LNC as solid, hardcore libertarians, they serve more than two terms and they've turned into bureaucrats. That, I, I'm having a hard time processing that because we, we now have people on the LNC who say things like words or violence. They need to go. And I mean, initially, I was saying things like, you know what? I don't want them to leave the party. At this point, I don't care. I don't care whether they stay or go. I never want anyone to leave the party. Um, I'll always take that position. um, Because if we are, if we're true to our libertarian roots and our solid libertarians, the people who just don't fit with that. We don't need to want them to leave or ask them to leave. They'll figure it out for themselves and make that decision for themselves. I don't ever want us to be the kind of party 
that is openly asking people or wishing well, for people. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge you on that I with Bill we Wild, just, but, <laughs> you know, other than... But see, he self-evacuated. Yeah, he self-evacuated. And see... But I'll tell you something. People don't know this. I'm going to brag on myself. I saw his rat fink <laughs> ass from the beginning. I'm the only one who got up at that convention and got on the mic and spoke against him. No one else did. And I got up there and said, I have a novel idea. Why don't we nominate somebody who read the platform more than two weeks ago? How about that? <laughs> That's great. Oh, I wish I could have been there for that. And I was only a libertarian for a year and a half at the time of that convention. I had more guts than most of them. See, I would never ask somebody. Now, Alicia Dern, I'll give her credit. She she got extracted certain promises yeah. out of him that he couldn't weasel out of. You know, because otherwise, Nick tried to let him weasel out. He said he's a libertarian for life. Well, he is a life member. No, Alicia Dern got out of him. What do you mean by that? So he paid he said, money. I mean, I will never go back to the Republicans. <laughs> oh, Pinocchio. <laughs> He paid money. That that, that doesn't mean Such that you're a, a, a true libertarian. It doesn't mean that you're a lifetime libertarian. You paid yeah. money to the LNC. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. nice. Fine. But right. But she got it out of him. She made him specify oh. what he meant. So I am so grateful to Alicia Dern for doing that because Nick Sarwark can't wiggle Weld's ass out of this and <laughs> Weld, the, the, the snake can't wiggle himself See, I would, out of it. I would never want to kick somebody out of the party unless they unless they actually broke some of these uh you know really unlibertarian things. I would I would view it as a reason to remove somebody from the party. Um and I'm thankful on the national level we have no um, provisions for I'm actually okay with that. In our I'm actually okay with that on the national level. Uh, yeah, because you see the, the way yeah. the LNC well, can and be. Well, it, it should be up to and the states and the counties anyways. You know, that's it's it's up to them. Yeah, it, and, and I can tell you in Colorado we have no expulsion either. I, I think uh, we, we just recently um, organized uh, my, my county. I am the county chair. So, you know, I was offered my condolences for that. <laughs> And uh, Con yes, exactly. So, it, it, I I believe in our bylaws. Um, can't you know? Got a lot of things going on. Can't remember directly off the top of my head. Um, we we do have an expulsion, but it's very it's very direct in what it would take. So it's not a uh, well. There's um, one reason why we can't have expulsion in Colorado is our membership is defined by registration oh. only. We don't have dues. We don't have anything no. else. And you can't revoke somebody's voter That's registration. True. So if you're a registered libertarian here, you're a party member. That's just the way it is in Colorado. And I, I kind of see the benefit in that. Um, you know, I, I do enjoy how at, at least our state over here, Utah, has it set up. Uh, we we have a, a small due, you know, and that's that's it. So... Counties don't charge dues, so that's that's fine with me. See, our counties do. But you have here. a much larger, much larger counties over doesn't. there, though. So. Yeah, but you know we're we're working on getting. Colorado has laid stagnant for a long time. This board, which is a Mises takeover board, um, is fantastic, and finally we're doing things. But for the past. 
certainly the last term, very little got done. Now, there was a lot of personal activism. It just wasn't with the state party. Like, for instance, and this isn't somebody I get along with, but I give credit where credit is due. Victoria Reynolds was a powerhouse personally when it came to anti-lockdown stuff. But that was her personal stuff. That wasn't the party. The party itself, and she was chair at that time, didn't do anything. But she personally did a lot. So one thing I've been wanting to ask you, I've been thinking about this for a while, is you've talked about rerunning again in Reno. And why would you mm-hmm. want to do that after the way that you were treated with these people? Because it's not for the LNC. I serve the membership. And I was elected by the members. I don't believe a fraudulent act of the LNC can remove me, which is why I'm a I'm seriously I'm not joking. I'm half joking <laughs> with you. I would not be surprised if I get a legal letter from the LNC council telling me to stop calling myself the secretary um, and they can fuck off because I was elected by the delegates and only the delegates can remove me as far as I'm concerned. Absent what the bylaws intended was like if I was stealing money from the party or if I got up in the middle of a meeting and punched (laughs) the chair in the face. Like those are removable offenses. Criticizing the LNC is not that's fraudulent. And I do not recognize their fraudulent authority. So I'm still doing the secretarial work to the best of my abilities. I still do meeting minutes. I still track the votes. I still send out delegation manuals. And I will continue to do that. Um, But they they don't know what to do with someone who just says, you removed me? (laughs) They don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't respect your authority. Sorry, I don't. Only the delegates can remove me. So um, that's why I'm rerunning. One, because I think the delegates need to have a voice, and I will respect the voice they do. If they don't reelect me, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to say it won't hurt. I'm not going to say I won't go to my room and cry, but I can accept that because that is their place. But I also need to give them the chance there's multiple reasons, but this is one of the main reasons to say, fuck you to this LNC. This is our secretary and we want her. But number two, I believe I did a lot of good and I want to continue doing that work. I'm very good secretary. That's what I'm suited towards. But I do also believe in term limits. So um, if I'm reelected, this will be my last consecutive term as secretary. Doesn't mean I won't run again sometime in the future after a break. But I've observed that people get really stagnant after three terms. And I wish we had term limits in our bylaws. So I'm modeling what I want to see. Doesn't mean I wouldn't run for a different position. Or maybe I wouldn't at all. But um, when I originally ran, I wanted to serve three terms. So my goals haven't changed. So I'm rerunning. And um, I want, and to be completely honest, I, I don't hide my vocations. I want to be vindicated. I want to be vindicated. I can tell you there's, the human monkey brain isn't equipped. Um, I'm going to back up a second. There's a great book out there called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's talking about like Twitter mobs, like that one gal who like made that really bad joke. It was a bad joke when she was flying over to Africa, but by the time she landed again in America, her whole life was ruined. You know, the whole world hated her. Um, 
Justine something, yeah. I think yeah. her name was. Justine Sacco. And there was a lot of great lessons in that book that talked about, you know, we're evolved to, like, really be able to um, comprehend the opinion of maybe 150, 200 people, your immediate tribe. And we are completely overwhelmed by the whole world looking at you or knowing your business. And I thought I understood that book until I got removed and I was getting criticism and praise from all over the globe, mostly praise from outside of America because the other libertarian movements watch us and they are mortified by what the U.S. Libertarian Party has done. So I'm also running for reinstatement for them. I want them to have faith again that the leader of the libertarian movement, which is what we are here, whether we like it or not, still is worth it, still has some integrity. You know, I, I, and I think this LNC has to be rebuked or there's a very, very bad precedent because there's already been a waterfall of shit going downhill from what happened to me. So Will McVeigh, the, the coup master in Delaware, has appealed the latest LNC thing, okay? And what, it, what does his appeal cite over and over? His appeal cites over and over, you removed your secretary. Why couldn't I remove these board members? I, we did it because we had the majority. You had the majority. You did it. You thought she was disruptive. We think they're disruptive. The precedent from this is reverberating throughout the party. And the LNC had the opportunity to make it right, but they were small-minded people who couldn't swallow their pride. Because I went to that meeting in Massachusetts to tell them, where you're fraudulently filling my seat, you could heal the party right now by putting me back in it. It would require both of us to swallow some pride because I told them I would not protest a censure, even though I don't think I deserved it, for the peace of the party. But you need to do something. And they refused. Ooh. They refused. Because let me tell you some more corruption if you didn't know. Two weeks before that meeting, I had an insider source tell me, the fix is in. Let me tell you who's going to be your quote-unquote replacement. It's going to be John Wilford. I said, no. He hasn't made any indication that he's even interested in that. And this source told me, he doesn't even know yet he's going to be your replacement. But I'm telling you, there's been backroom deals already. And the people that removed you have already all agreed it needs to be him. And they're going to approach him about it, basically. And I said, I don't believe you. And then what happened? I started watching it all unfold right in front of me. And that whole core all voted for John Wilford and the other people all voted for me. There were four candidates. Only us two got any votes. And Whitney didn't vote. Whitney hates me. Whitney would not have not voted if she didn't know the fix was already in. She knew. Didn't want and to be I implicated. And John Wilford doesn't... Or at least she thought. John Wilford didn't know any of this. So none of this is a smear no. on John Wilford. I think he is genuinely a nice guy, though I think he lacks integrity in taking a fraudulent seat. And I can tell you, I confronted him about it. And I told him, I knew before you even knew. And I said, that should bother you. And I go, that's my seat, not yours. I worked for it. I got elected. And I'll tell you, I looked into his eyes and I saw a flash of shame come across his face. But rather than deal with that shame, he ran away from the conversation. 
Tells you all you but need to know. I know he's ashamed. You know, it might take him some time. I don't think no, he's no, no. a bad guy. I didn't mean it by I that don't. either. So, I yeah. And I would not hesitate <laughs> to tell you if I did. I think he I think he, he has the temperament where he believes the best of everybody, and I get it because I do too, and he doesn't see the ugliness. His conscience does, though. That's what I saw when I looked in his eyes. And I'm hoping before Reno that he does the right thing and withdraws. Hashtag Reno reset. Because right now, (laughs) yeah, right now they're propping him up as the guy to beat me. And I said, you don't want to win that way even if you do. You'll never have any joy in it. And I feel no guilt in saying that I wish him no joy in his stealing of my seat. Because that's what he did. Anyone with any integrity would have refused that seat and just left it vacant. Anybody paying attention to what was going on. Because it's my seat. I worked for it. And the LNC wants to talk about fraud. You want to know who they defrauded? The people who donated $5,000 to my election campaign. That's who they defrauded. They talk about fraud. My words were fraud. You guys actually... Defrauded volunteers of hundreds mm. of campaigning hours and five thousand dollars. Well, and what what's the point of having any of this if that's how things are going to be ran? I know. So that 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 leads me to and to I, I've been wanting your opinion on this as well. Is what do you believe the proper role of the LNC is, and how do we measure that? Okay, for one thing, the LNC needs to be the tail and not the dog, and the tail does not wag the dog. <laughs> the The state affiliates are in charge. I actually think the structure of the LNC needs to be seriously redone. I don't think it's ever worked well, um, and this last year proved its fatal flaws. Uh, but the proper role of the LNC is to, first of all, do the things excuse me, that require economy of scale to be efficient. Coordinating ballot access drives, um, the national database, putting on a convention, a national convention. And then they need to take stands on major national issues and be the leader on them. And they need to be the storing house to equip affiliates. So there should be a plethora of, of educational materials that affiliates can download for free. You know, just equip the equip the affiliates, equip the affiliates, equip the affiliates. And m- most issues they don't take stands on, but things like COVID or if we get, went to war, you know, serious national issues or to pick a couple issues that are starting to fall across the nation. Like for instance, if the LNC concentrated all of its political capital and activism on finally getting the death penalty abolished across the country, we could do it if we concentrated just on that. But we're so scattered. I don't care what the issue is. There's a bunch of issues like that. Marijuana is one of them too. It's just a matter of time. Let's push that to get it legal in all the states. That's so doable. And But we concentrate on, oh, a presidential candidate. That's not going to win. I'm sorry, people. That's not the purpose of the presidential candidate. They're not going to win. We have to win on issues first. And our activists are getting burnt out from so many else, not libertarians, losses, that we need to start finding ways we can win and we can win on issues. 
We can win every day of the week and twice on Sunday on issues. And the LNC doesn't concentrate on that. We need to be concentrating on voting reform because the reason our presidential candidate's not going to win is because the way our voting system is, is rigged to have just two parties. Yeah. This first past the post has got to go. So if we put all of our effort behind RCV, like there's so much we could do if we were more selective to set us up for future wins. But they got to worry about, you know, just dumb shit, dumb leftist shit. And I'm not a right, I'm I'm more left than right, honestly. Like that's what people, they they like to accuse me of being this conservative. (laughs) I am not a conservative. And one in, when I first joined this party, we were just getting over our love affair with the right. And all I did was rant against the rightward turn of the party. I've got all these old memes that are all about stop kissing Republican ass. <laughs> but now we yep. went too far and now we're kiss- kissing leftist ass. And I don't want to kiss any yeah. ass. You know, just because I don't want to kiss the leftist ass doesn't mean I want to kiss the right cheek. Because I can pull out the proof that I'm not happy kissing Republican ass yeah. either. Okay. We we have whiplash from just doing this. Why don't we just be libertarian? I know, like, what a concept. Yeah. You know, but you can't be libertarian when you throw a whistleblower out of the LNC without due process. They couldn't even bring them. And then why? Oh mean words. Yeah, but they couldn't even give me due process. How can we, with a straight face, advocate for due process in the broader system when they couldn't even give it to one of their own? And that's why, like, the LP Texas Twitter account keeps getting trolled because they keep saying dumb stuff like advocating for due process and everyone jumps on them and goes, oh, like you gave your secretary? (laughs) It's like, Are you that tone deaf that you don't see? The LNC does not realize. I mean, they honestly do not realize how generally detested they are by the general membership. They think they're popular. No. Because they live in this echo chamber. Because no one, they removed the person that told them the truth. I got more emails in support of me than any other issue or person has gotten in the history of this party. I can believe it. And it didn't affect I can believe them. every second of it. They, I got, it was like 1,200 emails. I got more than Tom Woods, <laughs> by the way, because Tom Woods got 900. I got, take that bitch. <laughs> I, I tease him all the time. And it wasn't all from people who were prior supporters of me, but they were like, holy crap. Some of them were even like, I don't like what she did. At least give her a trial. She deserves that. Yeah. And then where they were like, you don't have a property right in this position. Bitch, I do. I worked my ass off for this position. Yeah. Well, and plus you the know, delegates put you the, there. The arrogance. The delegates put you there. So. Yes. <laughs> that's. The delegates do. And that's what they wanted. And the thing is, if I changed, if I changed, like if I got up there and said, oh, I'm just going to be Miss Manners and sweetness and light and baskets of puppies. <laughs> and then I turned into a fire breathing dragon. Then Okay. But I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I even cussed during my nomination speech where I said I sued the shit out of Colorado. Yeah. Which I did, by the way. I you do. might not know I that. I do know that. For ba- the right to take your ballot selfie. Yep. Yeah, I actually do know that. 
Because somebody was passing a flyer around saying that I threatened, and this person has since apologized, by the way. I want everyone to know that. But a a person passed a flyer around who took a joke that I said, that anyone should know this is a joke, took it seriously and said that I was threatening to sue somebody for discrimination laws. Like, yeah, okay, that's what I was going to do. Because there was this guy in Colorado who kept using the party voice to post Pepe memes. And I said, will you please stop doing that? It's making people associate us with the alt-right, okay? And he got furious and said, how dare I say that, that I was ruining his reputation. And since he was an American Indian, he was going to sue me because he was a protected class. And what I said to him, I said, I have a federally protected vagina. (laughs) My federally protected vagina trumps your American Indian. (laughs) So they passed around a flyer at convention that said I was suing people over my vagina. And I'm like... That's a joke, people. God, how, There's a problem if you haven't dense, figured out that. Like, yeah, how dense you do you have to be? That, of course, that's a joke. <laughs> I know, but I, can you imagine the complaint oh, though in court? Just dear, your honor, my vagina <laughs> is angry. <laughs> oh wow! I just—it's amazing to me. I, I, it's amazing I know. to me. I know, yeah. But that person has since apologized for the flyer, okay? So forgiven, forgotten, over with. I'm just, I'm using yeah. it as an example of like, I got up on stage and mentioned my <laughs> vagina for fuck's God, sake. God, I wish I could get a hold of one of those flyers. <laughs> oh, that'd be a keepsake. Oh, I have a picture of it. Oh, that would it. be great. I have a picture of it, I believe, but it's probably buried somewhere because like everyone was no. texting it to me. Um, at convention, they were taking pictures and going, did you know this was going around? And I'm like... No, but that's like <laughs> shitty and poor. And the funny thing is, I didn't win by much that convention. I won by 20 points in 2018. But because of the whole controversy, I won the on the online delegates. I only won by one vote. My support was from the people in person. But the funny thing is, a bunch of people came up to me later and said, that nasty flyer made me change my vote to you because they thought my opponent did it and he didn't. So the people who are passing it around, though, supported my opponent and they probably cost him the race. Wow. He didn't. My opponent was Evan McMahon, who is a person of absolute honor and integrity. And he said he... he he said, do you want me to go around? Like, I said, no, just don't draw attention to it. I didn't realize till afterwards that, yeah, it cost, it cost him. It cost him, and it could have cost him the race. I don't know if enough people switched. I know at least 15 to 20 people did. And when you're down to, I won by 1.5%. If I knew of 15 to 20, how many didn't I know about yeah. that switched? That's true. So let me ask you, um, obviously, I mean, I I would say that we could probably agree on the fact that we're both libertarians because we view this as the most moral and ethical way to move our society Mm -hmm. forward. Do you see an actual opportunity for us to make headway, even though we have certain roadblocks in the way, such as an LNC that seems to almost be putting up these roadblocks on purpose. Yeah. They couldn't seem more like controlled opposition if they tried. Exactly. Almost like they're on somebody's payroll, (laughs) you know? Yeah. 
It was like when Nick was flitting around Porkfest, dashing from pole to pole, spying on me with his camera. I'm like, you could look more <laughs> like a fat if you tried, dude. Oh, glowy alert. That's not helping, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> so, yeah, do you do you see an opportunity for us to actually make headway? I mean, we we in this country are facing some really terrible things and th- this two-party system is not it's it's not going to help i do i do and if you were a delegate last convention I was you not, were right i've actually never been to a convention but oh. i will be this year oh then you will not be getting a postcard from me but i sent all the delegates from last convention a postcard that everyone seems to be getting in the mail today so other i'm sure over the coming week everyone will get it and on the back i spoke about um my optimism for the future and asked everyone if you're not a national member to join that was the purpose of the postcard um because i do have tremendous optimism it's mixed with some pessimism i if i want to be completely honest i i i'll uh, i always choose to view things in the pollyanna light but reno right now i give a 50 50 chance my my odds could be think differently and there's no middle. We're either going to make a radical change for the better and things are just going to shoot to the moon or the party is going to be functionally dead. Like, I really see no middle ground right now. Now, a lot can happen in five months. You know, the LNC had the opportunity to turn that bleak outlook around in December and they refused because they're awful. I know I just No, I totally that, agree. Say it as much depth, as you want. <laughs> but it, it, and the thing is, you don't no. know the half of it. Because a lot of the super shitty things that happened to me by them were all done in the secret group that they have, that they still have. You guys saw 25% of their shittiness. Like, it was unreal the mind fuck they did to me. Absolutely unreal (laughs) i'm still like people laugh at me because they only saw part of it but i literally do have ptsd from that experience it's not not comparable to somebody who was in vietnam i'm not trying to make myself you know but you know when you get dogpiled on from people you trusted who knock you to the ground and put a hundred knives in your back you you're gonna be harmed by that i'm sorry it's gonna cause some emotional yeah. issues no i okay? i fully back that up and agree and i already had trust issues yeah. you know so i do have i probably need therapy from what happened because i am still really processing and i find that i have to disassociate from those from the person that happened to because it's just too painful because it was two of my best susan and richard were two of my best friends at the time meanwhile they were both plotting behind my back not like richard had been in on the plot to remove me from the beginning Mm. and meanwhile i thought he was one of my best friends like and susan like oh my god we were so close I don't know how long it's going to be before I could ever trust anybody to be that close to me again. And that's damaging. That is super, super damaging. But I don't even know how we got in this. So you, all I'm yes. saying is you, you could think they're awful. They're worse than you think. They are so worse it's like, it's, it's like the state than you then. think. So 
It, pretty much anything I, I that's mean, actually happening is much worse than anyone actually thinks. I mean, I, I and, and I'm very, very transparent about everything, and 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 I it bites me in the ass sometimes, but. I was affected so badly at the time when the attack from Richard came out of left field because I trusted him that a lot of people know I was in a really, really, really bad place at that time. And I was borderline suicidal over it because I got just utterly betrayed by people I trusted. And that didn't last long. I got help, you know, but I told them this in the, in the private group, I told them what was going on with me? Not one of them, even like not one of them tried to help. They just kept going at me. And that is evil. That's just evil. Not one of them even stopped for a second and said, I'm sorry, you're going through that. Not, I'm sorry, they don't even have to apologize. Oh, oh my God, what can I do? Or that's terrible. Are you seeing somebody? Nothing. Can you imagine being in a group of people you thought you were friends and you're crying out for help and, you, and what you hear in return is yep. nothing. I've actually uh, experienced something very similar, you know. The mm-hmm. mind fuck of that. Yeah, it's hard. Now, that didn't last long and I'm fine, okay? But I'm not going to lie and say that didn't happen to me because it did. And I've suffered from chronic depression my whole life, but I've never been suicidal, Ever. That's the only time that somebody drove me to that low. And I used to be married to a cop who abused me, and I never got that low. He tried to run me over in the parking lot of the courthouse during our divorce, and I never got that low. Cop abusing somebody? No. But wait. Yeah, and then he abused the girl after Ugh. me, too. And she was another cop, and guess who got fired? Wow. She did. So He's still a cop, oh, by the way. Wow. That makes me feel safe. Makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. It's not. Well, yeah, but still just knowing is uh, enough. But if you if you remember the case in Florida where there was um, an African-American drummer who was uh, his car was broken down on the side of the road and an undercover cop came up and ended up executing the guy basically and lied about it. That's my husband's my ex-husband's best Mm. friend cheery and he's in jail now for once a cop did go Mm. to jail but yeah he just executed this guy Mm. and he was coming home from church band practice Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. you you should look it up i think i think the gentleman's first name was Corey, and he didn't know the cop friend didn't know that Corey was on the phone with like the equivalent of triple a when it all went down so it all got recorded and and it refuted the cop's entire story wow that's if but for that call he would have gotten away with executing that man write that down just to make sure and check that out yeah it was in palm beach gardens um florida probably four years ago and the cop who shot him name you could so you could you'll definitely find it is newman n-o-u-m-a-n raja r-a-j-a and that was my that was my ex's best friend. What a scumbag! I knew he was a scumbag before that, but executed mm. that man. I always love to put people like that on blast, so I'll gladly do that. 
I don't care how old it is. And I, I'm, I'm ashamed right now I can't remember the victim's full name. Because I do like to mention him because you can't forget yeah. these people. You can't forget Daniel Shaver. Like these people who just get executed Kelly by Thomas. these people. It's awful. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But that didn't put me into a suicidal depression. The LNC did. And then they blamed me well, for and, it, basically, and and said, "Well, that's why we need to remove." Well, you and it grade. seems so odd too. Okay. There, there's been so many things that have happened since. I mean, Rothbardy and after that, um, now Delaware. Yeah, and because her, she said she was going to troll them on Twitter, and they said mm-hmm. that was a violation of the NAP. Yeah. Yeah, I actually interviewed her. By the way, I met... So, she's wonderful. Yeah, I, I met her. And I stayed at her nest. <laughs> when I was in Massachusetts, she went and stayed with her boyfriend for the weekend, and she let me have her, her um, apartment. Um, the cutest little historic thing. She is such yeah. a doll. Oh, my goodness. Like, she's not an aggressive person. <laughs> and... At the LNC meeting, I don't know if you caught this, but I pulled the whole let's do the oppression Olympics thing. And I said, when I said, she's a nice person, then I looked right at Ashley Sade and I go, and she's an immigrant. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she is. She was yeah, born in Russia. Exactly. Yeah. I, I interviewed her a while back. Uh, it was like maybe a week after she got removed just to get her side of it. Uh, you know, Twitter is not a, uh, a good source of information. And no. so I had been hearing a lot of things in back channels and private messages and stuff and seeing people's public posts. And I was like, well, I, I have to talk about this because what had just happened to you, um, of course, you know, New Hampshire and all these other things going on, I had to interview her over it. And yeah, she's one of the sweetest people I've ever met. Yeah, she is. And she loves yeah. dogs. Yeah. She has a job where she has to deal with a lot of ducks. Like, I got to know her pretty well. You know, that's why I tweeted, I'm staying in the mean bird's <laughs> nest. <laughs> yeah, it's... A very, very sweet girl. Now, do I agree with everything she said? No, she probably neither, doesn't agree with do everything I. I've said. I don't agree with everything <laughs> I've said sometimes. I've looked back and go, oof. Yeah. But, you know, I get up in my feels sometimes, and we all no. do, don't we, you know? So so you are white-pilled. But, God, this party doesn't believe in no. free speech. It no, does and I not have a, believe I in have a major speech. issue with that. That's that's one of the first, well, it's the first for a reason. Um, it's one of the most important, if not the most. Um, well, people don't stop and think why it is. The reason why is... Um, the minute you take away someone's voice, you only leave them one, un- one option, and it's violence. Yeah. That's well, why well freedom of speech well is so put. important. The minute you take away voice, because people who have grievances aren't going to just shove it down. It's got to come out. And if you can't let it come out peacefully, it's going to come out Which violently. is why we have the second. Right, because sometimes it has exactly. to. Now, I'm a pacifist, so I do everything I can to try to... That's why I'm involved in politics, because I see this country headed towards a violent revolution. And I know some young bucks full of piss and vinegar might think they want a revolution. I go, you don't know what you're asking for. Nobody wants that. It, it, you, it's not... It's, it's War is hell. Yeah, exactly. So... I'll do everything I can for peaceful solutions. I, I 100% agree. Um, I am not a pacifist in at least the broad sense. Uh, 
I prefer peace to war. Um, it's, it's really interesting just because of the trials that we are facing in this country right now to where you, you are somebody who is going along with the narrative, the, the propaganda, and you are even willing to cut people's medical, um, or access to medical, uh, treatment off. You're willing to, uh, cut off their access to food just because they don't want to do something that you did. That, that just seems so it's like, how do not, how do people not see that as, as wrong? I, I will never know. Um, I, I would only ever leave violence for self-defense as it should be. Should only ever be self-defense. Well, my my pacifism is religious. Yeah, it's not so political. Self-defense. It's a Christian conviction. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Jay's, Jesus See, flipped I, the table. I don't even you know, hold. Started whipping people too. So that was. He didn't hurt anybody with it. I'll flip a table. I've flipped plenty of tables metaphorically, and I would do it literally. Um, but I don't believe in. I don't. I don't want to say don't believe in, because I believe everyone has the right to it. Um, to me, you can't give up something you don't have a right to. And I personally believe that Christians are called to give up the right to lethal self-defense. That's my personal conviction. No. Nobody has to agree with me. So I, I do just find it interesting because we we are facing these trials, right? And I would much rather take the political route. It's, uh, you know, the, the three things you're not supposed to talk about at dinner is uh, politics, religion, and money. And those are my three favorite things to talk about all the time. Um, I would much rather go the political route. Um, I don't see how we could do it without fixing some of the LNC, um, some of the Libertarian Party. Well, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm kind of in a holding pattern till yeah. Reno. And then... I'll think more deeply about it when I see what we get because this is a lame duck LNC right now, you know, and that's what I told them in December. The biggest gift you could give to the party is to just be put all your energy to putting on a great convention that makes the party lots of money and just leaving things in the hands of the delegates. Don't try to do anything no. grandiose. Just be boring. Be Canada, <laughs> you know, be the Swiss for, until but they won't they won't because they think they're popular sorry but they're not rock stars and uh i i feel very strongly that a a majority um because like you said there's there's always exceptions uh not everybody yeah they're in and the exceptions are notable like so i do feel bad i do feel like i have to say their names every once in a while so that people don't paint them with that brush but people will remember that i was making broad statements like this lnc is utterly derelict in its duty when i was still on the lnc so you know it there's a collective identity but yes. the individual people can 100 percent agree you know? uh you know i'm of course because of my affiliation with mises you know i would love to see a full mises takeover but i'm also realistic um i also don't think that that would be the best honestly um, so I just want to see people be I've better. seen enough disagreement. You know, I've seen enough disagreement among, amongst Mises people. Um, and in fact, that's one way they earn my respect. I, 
I had never, like, you guys know before I was a member, I wasn't always flattering. Michael Heiss will tell you that when the New Hampshire thing took over, we were both in Florida. And in front of a bunch of people, when I saw what was happening, I stood up and yelled at him. Like, I yelled. I said, this is what the takeover language gets you. And he he was like, (laughs) you know. But they've never shamed me or tried to silence me for disagreeing. Ever. So I actually do not think a full Mesa Slate takeover would be bad because I've seen enough allowance of healthy disagreement. That's a fair statement. Now, if I thought they all had to walk in lockstep, I would be... (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm not... Nobody... I'm not a lockstepper. Um, But most of the time, I do agree with them. But when I don't, I've always had the freedom to say I don't. Well, the one thing I have definitely enjoyed being around anybody else in Mises is just that, is if I do disagree with something, it's not a, we're going to shut this down, we're going to silence you, you're out, or any of these other things. It's always like, okay, well, let's talk about it, you know? The funny thing is, I used to defend Nick in that group. And you know, he's like rat fuck extraordinaire and they tolerated that because it took a long time for me to finally realize nick wasn't what i thought he was because i do have a propensity for giving people the benefit of the doubt far longer than i should and again it's because of the religious thing you know i've done a lot of shitty things in my life and the bible says he who is forgiven much forgives much so i always cut people a lot of slack because i'm grateful for the slack i was cut you know in my wilder years but i even got to the point where i realized nick was corrupt okay but they tolerated me defending nick you know that would be like a church tolerating somebody defending (laughs) satan and they i never got like no threats to get thrown out i mean i got pushback yes of course it's a debate but I, I, I don't understand those people who are like, oh, it's a zombie army. They all think alike. No, yeah. we don't. I've done shows disagreeing with Dave Smith. And people are like, you want to know why it's tolerated? Because I'm not an asshole about it. I disagree with him respectfully. Yeah, as as it should be. You know? Because we're all adults. Or at least we should be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. open borders. He's not. That's our biggest a dispute but i also don't continue to ride his ass about it the way the anarchy ball guy did too who's a friend of mine but dude let it drop like this isn't not to mention say you're just come back to it let it rest for a minute you'll come back to it there's plenty of other subjects to discuss yeah you know yeah i i i think i've done two shows spread out over months where there was a disagreement and that was it like so what? So what? I'm not going to divide One, one over thing I that. do want to ask you about is, I, I think you said it great earlier, is, you know, we were kissing the right cheek, and now we've gone a little too far, started kissing left cheek. I, th- this is my personal opinion, and I kind of want to see what you think as far as uh, how this is going to play out. But it, it kind of seems like because we're kissing left cheek, far left cheek, that it's actually opened the party up to a lot of these people. And now that some of these people have put their boots or hills or whatever the hell they're wearing down, they're really not moving. 
Um, I don't really care if they stay or they go. Um, I don't want them in positions of power, though. I don't believe that a lot of these far, far left views are really... If we just consistently state what our position is, those people will self-evict. Which is why, like, even in my history shows, you'll notice what I do is I'll just stop and say, the party has always been a capitalist party. You can be ass mad over that all you want, but your, you know, your mad ass does not change fact. And just deal with it that way. We are a propertarian party. I'm sorry if you don't like that, but it is what it is. There's like no question about that. So I just state the facts of what we actually believe. And the people either change their mind, decide they can live with that, or they leave. Yeah, and that's fair. You don't have to do anything else but just clearly state our principles. You know, I my number one preferred method would just everyone just be libertarian and then also just be a better libertarian. You know, if, if it was up to me, that would be my choice for everybody. Um, I mean, and then I guess you get into that stupid, not a real libertarian debate. Yeah, there is, there's a real libertarian. It's just a really broad spectrum. Okay. Get over yourself. There are real libertarians. Um, kind of, kind of poking fun at a bootleg libertarian over on muddy waters, you know? Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going on that oh, good. next month. But actually, you know what I like to say? No one, no, nobody is a libertarian because people are more than walking bundles of mm-hmm. philosophy. I, I tend to not say anyone is a libertarian. I say certain concepts or ideas are libertarian. And mm. if you hold that idea, you're libertarian for that idea. But I tend not to identify people as whole, people are complicated. People can hold two contradictory ideas at the same time. So I tend to judge ideas and not people. So I I mm. like to say nobody's a libertarian. That's an interesting point. The ideas you hold are libertarian or they're not. But it also depersonalizes the debate where people don't feel like you're attacking their identity. You know, interesting point. You I like that. Attacking someone's identity, they they don't hear you yeah. anymore. So I, I deal with ideas rather than the people because they're they're more complex. It's than true. That. I mean, it's all about the individual, right? So yeah, I don't understand how. Yeah, I I guess that that that's once again you're extremely principled in the fact because it you couldn't judge the individual by the group. You could only judge the individual by themselves. Right. So when somebody comes at me with something, I try to make a point and say, you know, that idea is not libertarian. And then they don't hear me saying they're not a libertarian because people just freak. Well, you you made it personal. All reason is gone. And yeah, Yeah. in in a debate that's whether it's formal or informal, you would definitely not want to be like you this, you that Uh, address the issue. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. That's uh, expanded my mind a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the minute you, if they think you're talking about them, you might as well have ran over their dog, backed up and ran it over again, and <laughs> like had sex with their mama. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I have been dad. treated that way <laughs> several times. It's interesting. Um, so ultimately, you are white pilled on what we can get done at this point. Yes. 
Yes. I, I am, I'm choosing to believe the 50% that's bright. And I think the bright is extraordinarily bright. Like, I think this LN, this next LNC could, I mean, seriously be so historic to, it'd be like a rebirth of, the, it'd be like 1971 all over again. I honestly have that much optimism, which is why I spent, God, I think all those postcards cost me like $850. I spent on my own money asking people to join the national party because of the optimism I had. And I felt a lot of my supporters, and I've said this over and over because it grieves me, a lot of my supporters have withdrawn their support from the party because of what happened to me. And I said to them, please don't do that. You're not honoring me at all if you do that. And you're not hurting the LNC. You're hurting the fellow party members exactly. around Exactly. The party's not the LNC. The day I withdraw monetary support from the party is the day I leave the party. Because if I can't support it, why am I here? And I tell people, I get it. You don't want to have put it in the general budget for the LNC. I get it because you don't trust them. You can earmark any donation you make to a part of our project you believe in. Is it ballot access you believe in? Earmark it to ballot access. If you want to honor me and piss them off, earmark it to the historical committee because they hate the historical <laughs> committee. And I have to raise my own budget every year. So if you really want to stick it to them and still give money and honor me, then earmark it to the historical committee. But the Frontier Project, earmark it to that. There, are, There's a lot of things. They don't, they're getting much better at that though. Now, if you go up to contribute, they do give you options of things you can earmark to. I'll give them credit for that. They didn't use that. That is good that. to know. Probably because they were losing donations and they figured this is a way to keep some donors. But earmark it. I earmark all my donations. I'm still a donor, but I earmark it. And anyone out there, I want to give this invite because you will piss off all the right people and still help the party. If anyone is considering becoming a life member in Reno, because a lot of people do that because it's a big hoopla, please do it and let me pin you because they'll have to call me up there to pin you in front <laughs> of everybody. And then earmark your life membership to the historical community. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That would be great. I would just love to see the faces to be a fly on the wall. So I am going to be there there and it's going to be great. I'm I'm honestly excited. You know, I've I've heard a lot of people say it's going to be a battleground and it probably will in some bits. It it will. But there's a lot of kumbaya. Even during the whole COVID, like everyone at each other and some of the Wi-Fi networks being called the Libertarian Plague Fest, people were still, Uh. yes, that was, that was Andy Craig, I think. People were still kumbaya. So yes, it will be, but no, it won't be. At least that's my hope. Here's my fear. I don't mind putting my fear out there. My fear is on either side. And, and, and I'm imploring the Mises people here. I'm imploring my people. If Angela doesn't win chair, and I believe she will, but if she doesn't, do not walk out. Do not divide the, don't, don't split the party. And those on the other side, if whoever you're putting up against Angela doesn't win, please do not split the party. This party cannot survive a party split. 
A party split will kill us because the amount of money and effort it takes to get ballot access. And I'm going to tell you a dirty secret that the LNC doesn't want you to know. I don't believe in intellectual property, but they do. That's not the dirty secret. The dirty secret is they didn't trademark the name Libertarian Party until 1990. They have no claim on it. And if affiliates start disaffiliating because there was a walkout and a party split, there's going to be litigation over the name Libertarian Party that will bankrupt everybody. None of this. That is a that is a um, double suicide. If you walk out, you've just killed yourself and you killed the other side. And that's just spiteful. Yeah. If whatever side doesn't win, plan for the next convention and do better. That's all I can tell you. But please. Do not split the party. And I don't expect the other side to listen to me, but I'm employing the Mises people. Yeah. Because there's still a lot of good you can do. Now, I believe Angela's going to win chair. And I have to tell you, out of all the conventions I've been to, I have never believed in somebody as much as I believe in Angela. I wouldn't say, you know yep. me, I'm not a liar. I wouldn't say that hastily if yeah. I didn't believe it. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't say that. I'm not much of an endorser to begin with, um, particularly when I'm running myself, because it creates hard feelings if the person you, it, it was always was awkward between me and Joe because he endorsed my competitor. Like, it's weird, but I believe so much in Angela that I'm going way beyond anything I've ever done before. I believe she will win. I believe she is the right person to turn this party around. I also agree. But if she doesn't. Yeah, if she doesn't find a way that we could still be effective and don't yeah. destroy the party over. Well, I, I definitely, uh, you know, my plan B, um, I, obviously I don't, I don't put a lot of stock into national in the first place. I, especially now with our newly organized county and the state, I definitely try to put my resources there as much as possible. And as you know, as a Utah Mises member, I think that that's probably the direction we'll take. Um, I don't want to speak for the rest of everyone, and I don't want to speak as a mm-hmm. like a representative just on that. Uh, but I do feel comfortable yeah. saying that that that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, there's always good you could do at the yeah. county level. Just ignore national yeah. for two more years. Listen, I don't think they could be worse yeah. than they are now. Of I guess <laughs> last words, right? Yeah, that's but, that's a whole other thing. You know, there's still five months so a lot can happen they are but they're listen i have a very good grasp of party history and there's been some terrible <laughs> lncs they're the worst the absolute worst and i've often said of nick he's been both the best chair we've had and the worst chair we've had because 2016 nick is not the same as the Nick that exists today. I don't know what happened to him. But Whitney is giving him a run for his money for the title of horse chair. Oh boy. It's because Nick at least was good at meetings. He was. He was the best presiding officer I've ever witnessed. He was doing dirty shit on the uh. side, but he was always great at running meetings. Whitney's doing dirty shit on the side and isn't even good at running meetings. <laughs> Yeah, God. And speaking of good at running meetings, I I passed my registered parliamentarian yes, I saw test that. this weekend. Congratulations. That's absolutely wonderful. You deserve every bit of that. 
And I actually enjoy that shit. But <laughs> again, the, what, the, one of the main purposes I went for is because I want to donate services to libertarians. Yeah. Now, I'll work for, like, I, I joke, I'd never charge libertarians. But I want to work for some other political parties because they like bringing in outsiders. Just like Richard Brown, our convention parliamentarian, he's a Republican. It's better to bring someone in from outside. So I go, I won't charge libertarians, but I'll charge the fuck out of some Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well, you know. It, hey, it's business at that point. So, you know. It is, it is. There's, there's no such thing as friends and family. So, yeah, I will be trying to do do work for some other political parties as an outsider that has no factional interest, you nope. know, just cares about the rules. Yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely wonderful. So I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, let everyone know where they can get a hold of you, uh, what you have coming up, and okay. ev- anything else you want to plug. All right, so... Yes. Um, Pink Flame of Liberty is my YouTube channel. I stream nearly every day, and I'm going on in 12 minutes from now. Um, I stream nearly every day. Um, I have a core, a small but very dedicated followers, but it's mostly, it's it's all inside party baseball, basically. Um, it's a lot of history. It's a lot of inside LNC baseball, but it's also inside baseball for like other minor parties. I do a lot of opposition research, such like on the People's Party and stuff like that, but it's very political so there's that and then me and a friend of mine do a show called the cult of ronr where we teach people roberts um because i believe like martin luther that the good word needs to be brought to the masses and not kept with the priesthood and again um if people believe i was done wrong and want to support my um re-election campaign over on my youtube channel in the show notes or you can write me I am fundraising. It costs a lot of money to go to every single convention that you can. And beginning January 15th, I'm planning on being gone every single weekend up through the beginning of May that there's a convention, mostly going to two each weekend. Like I'm coast hopping. And it takes it takes funds to do that because travel has gone up a lot more. But all of my campaign expenses are completely transparent. I have a spreadsheet that I share with any contributor that they can see how exactly how I'm spending all of the money. Um, so I do I still do need to raise a considerable amount of money. It costs a lot to run an LNC campaign. People do not realize. Um, so, but I'm getting there. But I still do need to raise some money. So if people believe in what I'm doing, the most tangible thing you could do for me is financially support my campaign. So one last little thing real quick, and I'm going to use this for a a little promotional Uh clip, is why is liberty important? Liberty is important because it's the highest calling of humanity, I believe. Oh, You know, and again, as a Christian, I believe we're all created in the image of God. And I believe liberty is the fullest expression of the image of God. It is the the way to honor the image of God in the person you see in front of you, that you would not do anything to force them, that you honor their will and you honor their inner divinity. I know that was somewhat esoteric, but that is what motivates me, is the image of God in well, every Well, there goes being. the atheist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that, sh- that should still apply to them, honestly, you know. It does. You know, everyone has a metaphysics. No. It might not be God, but you have metaphysics. No. And I don't, I used to be a fundamentalist Christian a long time ago. I've shed that a long time ago. 
everyone needs to come to their own understanding of the universe in their own way. And Christianity just happens to be the way that I do. But I don't shove it like or look down on people. You know, I just don't. I don't think God's that way either. You know, I used to. But that's not a very pleasant God, you know. And uh, if mankind is nicer than God, there's a problem, (laughs) you know. There's a problem with your God if most of your friends are nicer than your God is. So I tend to think God's a lot nicer than we tend to think in the religious community that he is. And I choose to believe in in a gracious God. Well, on that note... I would like to thank you for coming out. It was wonderful. I would love to have you back on. Uh, we'll we'll definitely uh, oh, be out in Reno together. So I'll I'll be out there trying to snag some uh, some inner quick interviews and everything with everybody. You know, do some convention coverage. Well, I look forward to seeing you there. It's going to be a it blast, is. no matter what happens. Again, I'm not going to lie. I will be I will be yeah. upset if I don't win, but it's a part of life. I can accept it. I don't accept what the LNC did I to me. I 100% agree. And uh, yeah, hashtag Reno Reset. It's going to be a blast. So thanks for coming on. Angela for <laughs> chair. <laughs> <laughs>